Welcome to Mind Your Small Business, a brand new podcast from Alexa which makes starting or running a business easier. This week it's all about the people, the employees. I'm Gordon Rutherford from Alexa and this week I'm delighted to be joined by Sasha Willem and a man who guested on our original podcast series a couple of years ago, Mike Stevenson. Good morning Sasha and I guess welcome back Mike. Thank you. Hi there. So, Sasha launched her business, The Strategy Collective, in 2019, whilst Mike's business, Thinktastic, is a little bit more mature, launching in 2011. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Let's begin by finding out a little bit more about what you both do. So starting with you, Sasha, please tell our listeners a little bit more about The Strategy Collective and why you started it. Yes, sure. So... Um, we work with small and micro businesses on marketing and web development. Uh, we serve both people up in the Orkney Islands, where I live, but also across the UK. And I really came to it um, because I'd spent 20 years in kind of quite corporate jobs working in banking. And I had my son and we traveled around Australia for about 18 months. And as I went through that, I met lots of people and a lot of women who were starting their businesses or wondering why they weren't quite working as well as they should be. And I realized there was a real gap in terms of knowledge and skills for this group of people. So yeah, essentially what we do at the Strategy Collective is try and fill that gap and help new businesses and growing businesses to perform better. Excellent. Thank you. And Mike, turning to yourself, remind us of the genesis of Thinktastic. Well, I had a very successful um, design agency. uh, And when the, the banking crisis came along, I lost so much turnover within the space of six months that I was effectively going to have to shut the business down, but never down for too long. My life has been full of ups and downs. So I, I kind of re-emerged with Thinktastic, which to me was an antidote to the doom and the gloom, uh, which existed at that time. And I think probably exists now as well. So I set out to inspire people um, to give them the tools to, um, you know, find the best of themselves within an organisation to support chief executives. So basically, it's a motivational uh, communications agency. So it's about, I do a lot of speaking around the country, um, although not much in the past year, but I also do writing because, you know, how organisations and businesses present themselves sometimes isn't the best. And that's something that I'm sure um, Sasha will agree with as well. Um, So that's what I do. I'm mainly now a motivational speaker. Okay, thanks, Mike. So now we're up to speed in your respective businesses. It's time to talk about employees. As we often do, let's kick off with some numbers. According to the Federation of Small Businesses, SMEs account for three-fifths of employment in the UK. But these are challenging times. According to a recent longitudinal small business survey, 33% of SME employers reported lower levels of employment compared to a year ago. And that's the first time since the great financial crash that Mike just referred to that this figure has been higher than the proportion of SMEs reporting an increase or a growth in the number of employed. This is clearly a worrying trend. So let me kick off by exploring the overall mood. You both work in and around small businesses. Do you get the sense that people are drawing their horns in when it comes to hiring staff? Or do you think optimism is returning? And I'll start with yourself, Mike, because you kicked off um, in your introduction there by talking about the kind of pervading mood. 
Yeah, the, the people I meet generally are quite optimistic, but the, there is a sense of fear about taking any risks at the moment because the landscape is still pockmarked by you know possibilities that we could close down again. Um, but I, I get a general sense of optimism. And also people are looking to you know, government support to enable them to employ young people as well. Um, so there's a bit more activity on the working with graduates and, and you know, getting young people to come under government schemes. But um, I don't get a sense that there's misery around now as there was three months ago. I think things are lifting and I, and I feel um, a kind of change in the mood music. That's really positive. Um, and Sasha, I mean, what what are your thoughts around that? Do you do you detect a returning sense of optimism? Yes, I, I mean, I agree with Mike there. I definitely think people are more optimistic, but there is definitely this more than a shadow of a doubt, you know, sitting in the background, feeling um, nervous, wondering what's going to happen. Um, and I think the nervousness is really around the government support as well. You know, it's been there. We all know it's really expensive, but none of us know really what the future is going to hold. And so there is definitely a reticence there about making big financial commitments. And what I mean for a big financial commitment for a small business could be very different from a large corporate. So taking people on, even one person, can be quite a big undertaking. No, absolutely, Sasha. I mean, uh, you know, employing staff is a massive step for any small business. And you can understand, especially in the current climate and, and what we've been through, why some small business owners may be hesitant to dip their toe in the water when it comes to recruitment. Um, in your experience, is there a low-risk way to grow your team if you need extra people on board without incurring large overheads? Well, certainly the way that we are um, organised, we work a lot on a freelance basis, uh, which is great for being able to dip in and out of uh, working with people, not committing to that fixed cost of you know five days a week, eight hours a day, which, which can be quite draining. So that's certainly meant for us that we've been able to grow, find good, still find good people, in fact, really good people who are coming or changing, uh, changing jobs or changing tack coming to work with us um, for a period of time, which which works well on both sides. Okay, so, I mean, what you're saying is you don't really have to think uh, rigidly in the box around employing people from nine to five, five days a week. There are other ways of doing it. Um, are there any drawbacks of that approach? Yes, it, there definitely is. Um, I think one is in terms of longevity and longevity of relationship. Obviously, there isn't the same contractual obligation, which they, they may be, and you're looking at kind of short-term pieces of work. Um, so that can definitely be a drawback. And I think also it's interesting in terms of managing, working with freelancers is quite a different relationship than having somebody coming into the office every day. And that's certainly something that we've we've been challenged about but in a, in a good way okay thanks for that sasha and you know i guess it's a balancing act then um but what would you say is the biggest challenge um mike in terms of hiring someone oh um listen i've hired um a number of people over the years and i can talk quite extensively about this i mean it, you know i saw yesterday that 40 percent of people globally are planning to leave their jobs. So there's clearly a lot of workplace unhappiness around. And I, and I think that comes from, you know, employing people for their skills and their experience, 
rather than for their personality and their alignment with what you're trying to do. I mean, it is a bit like, it's not Tinder. This is about, you know, building a long-term relationship. So there are so many things we have to, to think about. Uh, and, I, and I think the first one is values. And the second one is, is purpose. You know, if people have the same purpose as you, then you look for the skills that you don't have. In other words, employ people better than you are. And that's something that a lot of people over the years have found really hard to do because it's kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? Um, but my my best employees have come from the most unlikely places. So what they've done in the past is less important. Well, it is important, actually. If you If you... You know, for example, if you're looking for someone to do customer service and they've worked in a chip shop, you know, in, you know, pedestrian late night Edinburgh, then, you know, they've got something to offer. They've got something really quite tangible because they're used to dealing with people. But it's it's about the attitude and the personality. And I've got a different kind of interview technique now than I used to have to try and uncover that. And it's much more about, you know, their enthusiasm, the personality that they will bring to you not hang out in the coat hook as so many people who go to work do. And if you're small, as I am now, um, then that becomes ever more important. I, I agree with Sasha. I mean, I've used freelancers. But going with freelancers is exactly the same process. Do they align with your, your passion? Um, do they bring something that you are not very good at? Um, do they look for you to judge everything they've done? Or have they got the confidence to go and make things happen? Um, so there's a lot of um, intangibles in there. But the tangibles are you need someone who really shares your sense of purpose. You, you, you can almost read in their eyes and in their, 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 their breathing and the way they express themselves, their enthusiasm for what you're doing. And you want to find out what their purpose is as well. And if their purpose aligns with yours, then bingo. Thanks, Mike. And I mean, turning to yourself, Sasha, that's, that's a really interesting uh, perspective to take on. And, you know, attitude and values and culture are clearly important. But I mean, surely, surely it's really critical to hire people for the skill set they have. Would you agree or disagree? Yes, well, certainly. And I think certainly in the business that we're at, you know, we want to give really good, high quality support to these businesses. So I am looking at people that have had, you know, good, you know, really good experience and can bring something to that client. And would you, I mean, what if you were to kind of put these things on, on, uh, on a scale and measure them, you know, what do you go for if you're a small business owner and you're hiring your first member of staff, do you go for uh, the culture and the attitude and the values or do you go for the skill set? Well, as I say, I don't believe that you can really change that culture part. So I think it just has to be there as a core part of it. However, I know as a small business owner, it's very difficult. Uh, we've looked at taking on marketing assistance and we really want to encourage graduates coming through. It's a real passion. Having said that, the time and the energy that we have at the moment to be able to do that is very, very limited. And so what tends to happen when we've done that on bits of pieces of work, and especially remotely, it's been very, very difficult to get them to the place that, that we need them to be. Okay, uh, I guess so. Um, and, and kind of moving on from there and just staying with yourself, Sasha, uh, 
you know, when you when you think about hiring staff or recruiting staff, is there a right time or a wrong time to actually go through that process? Yes, I think there absolutely is. Um, and I think there's lots of different ways that you can mitigate against that risk of hiring somebody because it's 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 so uh, impactful on your on your bottom line. But for me, it's you don't want it to be screamingly urgent, but you can't do it too much before that because the problem is is that it does obviously take time to bid new people in. You want to spend time with them. You want to get them up to speed. And especially when we're working with clients, I want to be able to know that I can send them out in front of clients as well so that it does take a period of time um but it's always difficult to balance that obviously with um the the need and i mean we've been absolutely overwhelmed by the response to what we offer and certainly you know we've got a waiting list of clients who want to come on board so i'm very conscious of also i want to meet the market demand as well sure thanks sasha um and staying in that timing issue mike what are your thoughts on that I think Sasha's in a brilliant place um, in terms of timing because she's got a waiting list of clients. So the uncertainty about whether the business is going to be there or not is not is not there. The worst thing you can do is to recruit in a panic mode. And I've had to do this in the past um, when things are going you know, not so well and you want to find someone to, to help to, to, to buck that. Um, that's the time that I've made the worst appointments. <laughs> but the 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 time is when you when you see a landscape of growth ahead of you. And by the way, I wasn't saying I don't employ skills. I was saying that the skills in themselves and the experience um, is something that I look at, obviously. But what I don't want is someone coming from another agency doing exactly what what they did there in my agency because I want to be distinctive. Does that make sense? So it's about you know finding people that kind of fit into that distinctive um, quality. But the worst mistakes I've made have been when, you know, someone's left, I've got uh, I've got panic, we don't have enough people um, to to meet the demand, and you, you try and shortcut. You cannot shortcut recruitment because it is so important to have someone that, you know, is going to build a relationship with you and the customers in the long term. You know, it, it makes so much sense what you said, Mike. And I was, I was kind of trying to be a little bit controversial and see see what Sasha would say. Um, but it's, 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 Sasha and I were chatting before uh, before we started recording the podcast, and we were talking about this. And actually, I am I am not really a, a recruiting for skills person, purely because I totally agree with what Sasha said in the sense that you can you can uh, train skills. You know, and you can develop people in that aspect. But what you can't do is you can't really develop culture and attitude. Um, and someone either fits culturally or they don't. I I believe it's it's very difficult if you if you get that decision wrong at the outset. So so what you said was perfectly right, and I wasn't trying to be to be controversial or anything like that. I just wanted to to try and see if there was a a different slant out there. Um, so let's let's kind of stay with with. Uh, the kind of person we hire, because small businesses probably more than than any other uh, sector uh, employ family members because it's convenient and sometimes it can be cheap. What are your thoughts on that, Sasha? Is that a good idea or is it a disaster waiting to happen? 
<laughs> well, I think it's all about context. So I have employed my sister previously um, and actually it was a really good experience uh, for both of us. She was coming out of um, a job that she wasn't certain about whether she wanted to go in terms of career. And um, she was also quite interested in what I did. So it was a really good opportunity to kind of show her what I was doing and have that, that discussion. I really appreciated her honesty, which was really good. So she showed me where the gaps were in terms of where she was and what she could be delivering, which was really, really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, overarchingly, it was a, a really positive experience. Uh, she's gone on since to kind of find out what she wanted to do, but I was trying to poach her back for a few hours over the summer holidays uh, because I really needed some extra help and I, I knew she could she could fit the bill. Excellent. Same, same question for yourself, Mike. What about family members? Good idea? Sasha's had a great experience, and, and I think that's wonderful. I had the reverse experience, um, and I can't really understand why that was, but it was very, very difficult for me, and I wouldn't do it as, as a rule. But you don't know my family, and um, Sasha's family <laughs> is probably very different from mine. But um, I, I wouldn't do it for the, for the experience I've had. But there again, I've got you know great nephews and nieces who are amazing. And I haven't really considered that They're at the other end of the country um, or in Australia. Um, so I, I would consider that because I think we've got a fantastic young generation and they've got skills that I do not have. And the relative, the relationship isn't quite as close as brother mother, father, um, which which I referred to initially because that was my family. But now, you know, my sister has been extremely fertile and she's got, you know, grandchildren and great-grandchildren all around the country. And they are um, amazing. So I might have to reconsider that because I see on them, you know, skills, enthusiasm. Uh, they follow me on LinkedIn, which is amazing because, you know, I'm 71 now and, you know, I need youth around me. I do. And, you know, but I look to them to to mentor me in the same way as they look for me to mentor them. So um, there is, you know, something about where I am in my life and where they are in their life. And I think it's a good chemistry if you get it right. So it could be family members, but not close family members, if that makes sense. Sure, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, you've, you've said, you actually said something there that, that connects with something you said earlier on. And, and I really like um, the, the kind of thread of what's coming out here. So you mentioned about surrounding yourself with young people um, because it keeps you young. And it's very similar to something you said earlier on when you were speaking about hiring someone and hire someone who is better than you. Um, or or brings a different perspective or does something a little bit different. Otherwise, you know, and I think this is true for, for so many walks in life, you, you, you end up thinking and behaving and acting in exactly the same way if you surround yourself with people who are just like you. It doesn't stretch you and challenge you. And I think, I think it's really important to do that in work. And um, again, if I think back to, to the way... Uh, my team at AXA is structured. I have consciously gone out to recruit people who don't have a, an insurance background. Now, we're not in a technical team. We don't do actuarial stuff or underwriting or anything like that, which is which is a good thing because we don't have insurance people in the team. But, you know, in a marketing team, it's good to have people who bring a different perspective, who don't think the same way as all of our competitors, just as exactly as you've said earlier, Mike. So I think there's some real... 
uh, useful tips there for people thinking of uh, starting their own business or who are in the early stages of that and and just kind of staying on that kind of uh, theme because one of the one of the reasons why we do this podcast is because we believe it is valuable for people who are out there thinking okay I want to start a business I want to get as much wisdom and tips as possible what advice would you give to someone thinking or hiring a staff member for the first time Mike? It's difficult to come up with a stock answer to that. But, you know, from my experience, um, you want someone that's going to take you forward, not someone that's just going to fill a gap. Um, And I suppose that's what I mean about attitude and personality and all the rest of it. And about this, you know, partner mentoring, because I, I have never known a period where the gap in skills between my generation and the upcoming generation is as wide as it is just now. And of course, I'm talking about the whole digital world, which, you know, I still struggle with because every time I've mastered something, you know, something comes along that supersedes it. So I have to start all over again. But, you know, a 12-year-old is completely intuitive. I don't employ 12-year-olds, but I did. I I employed someone recently to revamp my website. And uh, he's a guy that lives around the corner. I've known him for years. He's a fantastic young man. And it was a better experience than hiring a professional agency. And actually, the product was better. So, um, you know, what he liked was what I did. He liked what I stood for. So he was able to to express that in everything he did. And he's helping me with, with more stuff now. So, you know, I am gradually embedding him into what I do. Um, and I think that the spark was, he said to me, I love what you do. I've heard you talking. I think it's amazing. And we need more of this in the world. And I said to him, how can we bring more of this to the world? So that was the, it was almost like an interview question. So um, you you want someone that, if it's your first ever employee, you're, in in a sense, you're looking for, um, you know, someone that shares your passion, someone that's really bought into what you're trying to achieve. And if they have that, then, you know, they bring an energy and stretch you and we all have to be stretched because we're all you know capable of getting to fixed mindsets and having blind spots and my question always to someone coming in is you know i want you um to do things that i can't do to achieve our 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 vision does that make sense yeah it makes it makes absolutely perfect sense to me um, and I guess the same question to yourself, Sasha. What advice would you give to somebody thinking of starting a business and, you know, perhaps thinking about their first hire? I mean, I, I think Mike's absolutely right. I think it's that um, understanding of that person and understanding what they're going to come in and deliver and, and where your gaps are. And I mean, I've been incredibly fortunate to have found a really good network up here of some some great people with skills and things that I just quite frankly can't do. Um, and certainly coming from a big corporate where you've got lots of people and you've got lots of skill sets and you can draw on lots of different people to then coming and being in your own business and having to do so many different things yourself, then managing to find people that can add to that that skills and that knowledge and that enthusiasm just creates so much of a, a, a much nicer fun working day um i also really like the fact that we're 
coming out of a corporate into your own business as well, we've been able to set our own culture much, much easier and feel very uh, much more uh, relaxed about it. So flexible working is something that we've ingrained right from the beginning. Um, we're a collective. We want to work collectively. We want to collaborate. There's uh, no we want to pass information as freely to each other as possible. So all these different elements, I feel, um, are really important for what we stand for. And I suppose if somebody wanted to come to us in a traditional web development way or a very traditional consulting way where they want to come as in the expert and they want to tell um, our clients how to do their business, then I think we would find it very, very difficult to, to integrate them. Okay, uh, thanks, Sasha. I'm struck by the answers and the, the kind of commonality between your respective approaches, um, and it's it's actually really refreshing to hear. Uh, and, and I want to kind of start to tie up proceedings by by uh, staying in that theme of uh, the podcast purpose, which is to help people. Um, make the right decisions as far as possible when they're starting out in business, and um, I guess one of the one of the big things that people won't know about is when you are ready to hire your first staff member. How do you do it? You know, where where do you go? So, I mean, what advice would you give to people um, around uh, where to find the right person? And starting with yourself, Mike, because you're a really interesting example about uh, your neighbour who built your website. Yeah. Um, what I sometimes do is, is I invite people around a particular topic. So, you know, obviously it's been online for the past year, but I set up, you know, questions and and challenges. Um, and, you know, for example, um, I was talking recently about the centre of Edinburgh, you know, being in the hands of one or two or three major pension funds as opposed to being in local hands and the, the impact that's going to have on the high streets. Um, and I got a lot of interest around that. So I got kind of people who want to challenge, people who want to push the boundaries around the table. So that's where I find people. I don't do it as a recruitment. I do it as people who are interested in, in some of the things I'm interested in. And I've got this kind of, you know, sense that they must push the boundaries a bit. Because that's the kind of person I like. And, you know, I would never let anyone loosen a client who I didn't trust implicitly. But that comes when you get to know someone and they understand what you're trying to do and they want to take it even further, if that makes sense. And I, that enthuses me. And, and when, when I can find people using a very subtle approach, because there is no recruitment modelling in this at all. It's getting people, you know, around particular issues and testing them that way. They don't even know. And then I'll approach them at some stage after that. Wow, that's, you know, it's it's fascinating. It's a fascinating approach. And yourself, Sasha, any, any kind of great tips for people in terms of where to go when they're looking to kind of find their first hire? I think... I mean, I must agree. I actually look very much in my my own network, and I've met some just amazing people. Uh, my neighbour is a fantastic uh, lady that was living in Newfoundland. She came over to Orkney just at lockdown with two little children, and we got to kind of know each other uh, 
you know, very slowly over this time as lockdown, you know, sort of emerged. And I found out that she's a fantastic communications expert. And she does something that I really can't do, which is I can do some great marketing speak, but she can actually really connect and storytell with people, which is really, you know, such a fantastic skill. So whenever we're writing copy, she starts it because she's so much more creative and can connect, as I say, on such, you know, such a, a good human element. Um, the same with my web developer. We'd been doing some stuff over over lockdown together, and we just started realizing we kept getting contacted about doing web development. And he came across not only as he's a designer first, but he's incredibly good at the IT stuff. So it always he always is very design led. And we started talking to our clients again, who are small businesses, and it came really across how much that he cared about their businesses and that he wanted to create a great design, but also that we could create tools that were accessible for this audience. So we work with a lot of creatives who might not be particularly IT savvy. So giving them very heavy IT WordPress sites, which they can't access and they find very difficult to change was very difficult. So we wanted to really flip that model and start creating sites that they can change easily and upload their products. And we have long, we have handover sessions with them. So finding Owen was such a, you know, a wonderful um, happy stance uh, that has really helped us grow the business. Wow, thank you, Sasha. And also thank you to Mike. Um, you've both provided some outstanding insight today. Uh, and really, when it comes to people, when it comes to employees and hiring people, uh, you've completely schooled us. Uh, as always, I'm going to finish up with our key takeaways today. Um, I mean, I, th I think you have to be clear about your expectations. You have to be flexible in terms of your approach. Sasha spoke about, you know, balancing uh, potential costs and long-term uh, issues by approaching freelancers. Uh, I, I love the hire for attitude and cultural fit. Um, it's a personal favourite of mine. It's something I firmly believe in because... Uh, as Sasha says, it's very difficult to um, to train culture, but you can train skills. Uh, and I think the one thing that came across loud and clear was think differently about this. So I loved Mike's approach about thinking outside the box in terms of the people you hire. Don't just go for the skill set and you know hire a customer service person because they work in customer service elsewhere and you know with a competitor look for people that are going to bring something different to the organization and critically something important to you as well you know think about people who can develop you as a person and change you and and, and evolve you i think that's really uh the way to uh keep developing and keep maintaining fresh ideas and also laterally think outside the box in terms of how you hire people. I guess the, the easiest and most traditional ways to put an advert in the paper. But you've both identified uh, really, really innovative ways of finding out about people uh, and then, you know, going round that kind of particular avenue in terms of getting them on board as a hire. So, I mean, it's been amazing. All that's left to say is a massive thank you to both Sasha Woolham and Mike Stevenson. Sasha, how can people find out more about the Strategy Collective? Yes, go online to thestrategycollective.co.uk. And Mike, same question for Thinktastic. Well, it's www.thinktastic.co.uk. I've also got mikestevenson.net, which has just been updated. 
and it's much more about the the going out and speaking stuff. Um, so um, I think I might move to Orkney um, because you're much more likely to get the kind of networks that Sasha's referring to in a community like or I think Orkney is a brilliant business community, by the way. You look at the food and drink stuff um, and, you know, in cities, you have to create that kind of um, environment. It's not there organically. Thanks, Mike. I'm not just saying this because you're both guests today and, you, you know, you've done us a favour by becoming a guest on this episode of the podcast. But I actually do think outside of this, you guys should talk to each other because I do think... You know, the combination of you both would be, you know, it'd be really, really, really powerful. Um, but aside from that, thank you both for your contribution today. Uh, it has been amazing. And if you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to the series via your usual podcast app. And if you want to find out more about the Mind Your Small Business series, you can do so at www.axa.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can also get loads of brilliant small business advice from AXA's Business Guardian Angel site, which is at www.axa.co.uk. And finally, next week's episode is much more broad. It's simply about being your own boss. So join me, Gordon Rutherford, and another couple of special guests for that. We look forward to welcoming you, and thank you.